Well, hello, people. This is Idiots versus Idiots. I am the lead co-host, Danny. I'm accompanied by the junior partner in this project, the big man. He's called okay, Big he's full and of man. crap on all That's, of that. Okay. That is untrue. Okay, at the very least, we are co cocos, but I, the <laughs> well, lead junior, I ain't been well, junior in a I'm, long time, brother. Listen, man, I am the lead, the lead co-host, and you're you're here. So that's nice. We're, we're going nice to stack that into the things that Danny says that people can believe or not believe at their discretion. Go ahead. Okay. Well, but be- listen, before we jump into talking about very exciting story, uh, I want to tell you about our sponsor today. Our sponsor for this segment is Liquid Death. You have heard us talk about Liquid Death so much on this show. Liquid Death peddles the death of plastic pollution. Not only does liquid death murder your thirst, 10% of every can sold goes to end plastic pollution. And let me tell you, people, it is a superior water delivery system. If you add a pair of koozies to your order on liquiddeath.com and use code IDIOTS10, you will get them for free. Uh, That's right. So this this first story, and last time I, I pulled up and used the Gary V story, the big man had a conniption. Before we recorded, after we recorded, he's giving me crap in our chat thread. He's saying all this nonsense about, why would you pick this story, man? It's so stupid. No, so okay. I, I love to... Gary V. first oh, of all. You say that. Okay. How many times I have you Gary. met Gary V? If okay. you're such a big Gary V fan, name all of his books. <laughs> I can't do any of that. Okay. However, I, I love Gary V and his message and all that stuff. Okay. The point, though, is is I don't remember the exact story where we're talking about that particular time. It was probably something dumb that was relevant, if I'm right. guessing, right? But yeah. my point is is my issue with that had nothing to do with Gary V. It well, had to do with the it. situation. But, you know. Well, didn't I, it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so what are we talking about today, Danny? What are we talking about the, today? Here in the idiot verse, uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain, NFTs, these are these are hot button issues that I tried to avoid because, again, one of us is blue pilled the big man, or the big man is kind of a you know blue pilled normie, and one of us is all a hundred percent you know nuts and guts into the defy train. So uh, I, I you are so full of crap on all uh-huh. of your opinions today, but go ahead. Well, we'll see about that. Am I factually correct? Yes. No. No. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. So. Uh, so I had to run this by the big man. I had to really soften him up. Like, I think this would be a good story for us. Do you think it's okay? So um, full of crap. One of us is going to understand what we're about to talk about, and the other one is not. Uh, uh, anyway, what are we talking about, Danny? Get to the point. We, we are talking about Gary V's V Friends NFT platform. I, I think it's fair to call it a platform, wouldn't you? Uh, well, I think it will be a platform, right? Well, yeah, uh, I think that's what he's aiming at at the very that's, least. That's what he's aiming at. And and look, NFTs for people out there, we are not, for the sake of argument and Danny's understanding, we are not going to talk about how these things are created, all right? If you want to know how NFT and blockchain works and all that stuff, there are plenty of videos out there that will yeah, te- talk and about the technical not, side. So not, pro- not, not really touching on the technical side. They actually changed the headline of this article that we pulled from CNN that we're, we're basing this off of. The original headline was Gary V's V Friends, the next Amazon. Now, mm. I often, well, so that was the, I'm just telling you what the original headline was. Now it says Gary V NFT, the next big thing. So, or Vayner, Chuck, 
Because whoever well, wrote then, that original article didn't understand NFTs or what Gary Vaynerchuk's trying to do. Exactly. Now, I often think I was having a conversation with an entrepreneur, a friend of mine, uh, not this person. Huh? Always get this screwed up. Not that guy. <laughs> a different big man. And he was saying, you know, like he was asking, do you ever feel like, you know, you're behind or whatever? And it made me think of how Gary Vaynerchuk passed on the first round of Uber. He could have invested in Uber. I think I think the ticket on it was twenty five or seventy five thousand bucks. Base level investor, and if he had held on to his share, you know his 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 um, shares and exited when it went public, we're talking twenty probably two hundred and fifty million, a hundred million. I've heard numbers like that thrown around sure. about what his block of shares would have been worth when it went public. And he said, "I just bought a condo in New York, so I just like I can't." So if you ever hear Gary talking about stuff like, dude, you don't need to go buy a fancy watch. You need to go hustle. It's not coming from a place of like stupidity. Like he's just saying something. No, this is a man who is wallowing in his regret that he got, he passed on the biggest opportunity in his life to go buy the New York jets. Cause he would have just made that for $25,000 effectively got into something that would have grown so big that Never a profitable business. It's never going to be profitable, I don't think. But I digress. What Gary well, Vee is but doing... Okay, let, let's get into that just a second before we get into our story because I think it's important. Anybody, if you are not familiar with Gary Vee at this point and you use this as a jumping off platform to go and seek out a lot of about Gary Vee, which there's a ton about, right. I will tell you up front, get past his East Coast... Right, he was born in Jersey. Well, no, he, he wasn't born, born in, in Jersey. He was an immigrant. Right, his mom born in Belarus. But, right, Parents so he learned English in Jersey as a second yeah. language. He's very Jersey esque. He likes to yeah. curse. Right, he likes to do. And some people that turns off automatically because he's very brash. Right. His personality is very brash. But so a lot of people that turns off and they never get to his message. That is not his message. His, no, it's not. There's a, a recent podcast that. I will link to that he spoke in and one of the portions of this podcast because he's with a guy that he's known since the 90s, since the dot-com thing or whatever. And he gets very comfortable and he talks specifically about how he wishes he could get people because he can't change who he is. He's a big that's who I am guy. But he wishes people would step past that to get to his message. Right? So like, he does, I think he has a separate YouTube channel where they just take out all of his curse words. Yeah. Um, And then... I'll say this much. Gary Vee came to Austin, I think it was 2015, maybe, when he was launching the book, Ask a Gary Vee, which I love. I love this guy's ability to take one piece of content and stretch it into 50 different pieces of content. More power to him for doing that. Um, he said, I have this, on my desktop his, his put thing that he put out, how to create 64 pieces of content in one day from one piece of material. Right. I have it right here on my desktop because he is that guy. Anyway, go ahead. Right. Exactly. And that is, hey, listen, that is the strategy of what we're doing here at the market last week's show. I mean, sorry, idiots for idiots. So I'm, so he said one thing something, 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 self awareness. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was a mind, it bent my mind, it broke me. It turned me into a, not a different person. It made me burrow back into who I actually am and just go, listen, I'm not all these other things. I'm not going to pretend to be this other thing. I know what I am. I'm Absolutely. just going to triple down on that thesis. 
that has been has added immeasurable value to my life. So Gary V's V Friends is um, a collection of uh, Gary's Gary Doodles, Gary artwork. Doodles artwork uh, launched as an NFT collection. But here's what's interesting, and I think this is going to be revolutionary in the NFT space. Which listen, we just saw a lot of things go like supersonic in terms of pricing, disaster oh, millions girl. and and stuff like that, hundreds but, of millions. And it so makes NFT. No if you are unfamiliar with this term at all, okay, non fungible yes. token, but who cares? Correct. NFT, right? For people that aren't, don't even, can't even, don't even understand the concept. Let me make this simple for you. If you, if your child or you play Fortnite, for example, and you have bought a skin on Fortnite that changes the look of your character, doesn't change, and that's the thing about Fortnite is you're you're purchasing this digital item. Right, which changes the look of your character. Now you're Deadpool instead of yeah, some okay. random looking normal guy. Okay. That is your intro to NFT. You have purchased a digital item that gives you no upgrades, just makes you look different. And now when you log into your account, you own the ability to change your character to look like that. That is essentially and, an NFT. Now that, and that is, is the, the most that is the most anti crypto, anti blockchain, blue pill description. But, but people we'll, we'll understand that. No, we'll run with it. We'll run with it. Right. Yeah, we'll run with it. Um, but what's interesting about Gary's project in contrast to other celebrities, and he's not a celebrity, he's an entrepreneur. Um, so other celebrities, um, you know, uh, from my era have launched NFTs in a, in a bid to try to pay for their therapy or whatever the heck they need because well, they're basketball stars. players especially anybody with an audience has created yes. at this point an nft because so, it's a money grab it's like artwork right i'm yes. creating it's a, i'm it's using a my likeness to yep. create artwork and this that I'm is then selling and this is and i you know i said this i'm saying this to the big man pre pre-show this i liken this to uh the the end of the the, the right before the dot-com bust Right, everybody yeah. thought that they were a genius, and listen, when the market's going up, everybody's a genius. Okay, and I think Gary Vee is kind of riding the wave of NFTs, but his project has fundamentals that the others do not. That actually right. make this have the foundations of a platform, and give this uh, a lot more. It gives it a real structure and a spine and a backbone that other projects don't. This entire project is based on Ethereum. Um, and you purchase the NFTs with Ethereum. But they all, the, other, than you, other than the digital art that you get to own, which is like any, every other NFT, mm -hmm. there's a smart contract within the NFT that allows you to go to, for three years, you can go to Gary Vee's VCon, which is like his take on a tech conference, which... If I was Gary V, why wouldn't I start a conference? Well, of course. Well, and the thing about that is, like some conferences that allow up to you know fifty thousand or hundred thousand. There's there's going to be ten thousand. What is it? Ten thousand two hundred and fifty five of these tokens, these NFTs. Only these ten thousand two hundred and fifty five people get to go to this right. event. That's it, right? Right, and and with Gary V and the people that he brings along. But look, here's the deal, folks. Is is you said Ethereum. This is when when Danny said he's trying to create a platform, platform. NFTs up to this point 
have the big argument against NFTs in my is is the same issue I have with artwork. Artwork is in the eye of the beholder in that is a is the Mona Lisa worth whatever the well, Mona Lisa is worth today, right? It's paint on a canvas to me. Now, I can appreciate it, but does that mean it's worth that value to me and art is subjective? NFTs have fallen into that same category. These basketball stars or whatever, who did they sell it to? They I mean, sell it they sold it to their fans is what Logan they did. Logan Paul, Logan Paul had an NFT, you know? Well, but that's my, and they sold it to Logan Paul fans. Now, yeah. will that and Gary says it in this article, he believes that as an investment, 98 to 99% of of nfts as of right now will fail as investments and i think that's expected because what's been sold especially the big ones millions of you know out there they've come with no real world value you own a digital piece of real estate that you can say you own but i can also google that clip right and see it on yeah. google right now on my screen so you may own right. it but i still have access to it what gary so v has done go ahead no no continue continue what Gary V has done is then in turn added real world value, as you said, to each one of these NFT. Not only are you going to go buying these 10,255 allow you, and I say buying, I mean bidding, by the way. Yeah. All of these are going to be auctioned off. There's no set price. And when you say they're using Ethereum, you cannot use your credit card, folks, to go out and buy these. No, you cannot you can't. use the cash in your bank. Nope. You cannot. That uh, again, I think this is another thing of him trying to see or think what the next trend is and trying to help it out, which he's yeah. big on. Is you have to go. You can't use all of your digital wallets out there. He's right. basically partnered with MetaMask, but you yeah. can use Portis, Portis and and Wallet Connect. The point is, this is all on, by the way, vfriends.com. You can find all of the process of how you create a digital wallet, how you buy Ethereum, how you then bid on his auctions. All of this is on vfriends. We're not going to go into all the technical stuff you know, during this video about Yeah, that's because the big man doesn't really understand it. So, you know, that's Yeah, fine. whatever. If there's one it, of us that doesn't fine. understand it, it's, it's probably fine. not this side of the screen. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I understand <laughs> The point is, though, is he's trying to create real-world value in using these NFTs. And I think, probably Danny and I probably agree with this, that NFTs do become a thing. This is the thing that they do. Yeah, and I think that, me personally, I watched the NFT boom. I've watched a lot of boom in the blockchain space and was like, yeah, no, thank you. Right? Sure. I, I try. Yeah, no, I try. Not to be a hipster about things, be like I was doing this before you kids were, because that's how you that's how you you don't win, right? You lose. I see no value right? in that statement, right? The the yeah. thought process of I was in I was in the cool kids club. And, All I care about is I can be not a cool kid and make a whole bunch of money, right? Still, and right, and what you the comparison to wall art, like the Mona Lisa, is a great comparison. You can go look at a picture of the Mona Lisa. I've never been to the Louvre. I'll never go to France because, you know, I'm a proud Texan and screw France. But I'm just saying the French are dirty. Um, uh, I actually said that once to someone at my like I would usually skip my family's like Christmas party where they have like friends. Mm -hmm. My parents' friends come over. I would usually skip that. But one year I was in town and I went. And I told that to one of their like friends, grandkids or something. I was like, yeah, the French are dirty. They turned around and repeated that to their parents. And they're like, what? No, the French are totally fine. Why would you say that? And I'm just like, yeah. Even the French Canadians are, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But this is American. If I can't say the French are dirty, what was the point? 
Um, but I'm not going to agree or disagree with you. Go ahead. But I do think there is a for some people there is going to be. Yeah, I can look at the Mona Lisa. I can go Google a picture of it right now. But the real Mona Lisa is still the real Mona Lisa. I can go buy a Absolutely. print of the Mona Lisa for fifteen bucks on. Amazon right now. Right. You can go buy a 24 by 36 print of it and put it up in your, but that's not the real Mona Lisa. Right. Right. But I do think there has been an inflation because everybody is rushing to that next thing. And that fad component, which listen, everybody said the internet was a fad. They're stupid. Gary yeah. even Gary even himself said um he was doing an interview with uh Squawk Box, I think, you know, CNBC. And he said, listen. Um, people thought I was stupid for taking my dad's wine business online. Worked because out you can walk down out. to the store and buy wine, right? Yes. Why would I buy it online if I can walk down to the store? And by the way, that was everybody's thought process on everything back then. Literally everything. On the internet, right? Yeah, and now we are living, you know, f uh, 15 to 20 years later, we're living in the, uh, the meltdown of where is retail going? Uh, right. The internet Amazon, We retail. live in an Amazon world where everything comes to our doorstep. We order everything right. online, right? Listen, I remember order, ordering an MP3 player back when that wasn't even a thing. Uh, my father didn't understand why I wouldn't just have a CD player. I was like, no, no, I can put 30 songs on this little device. 30 songs, Dad. That's two whole 50-cent albums on this little contraption. And I ordered it on Amazon, and it showed up in a month. Like, oh my god, it only took a month that I ordered this thing. Yeah. If I order something now from a foreign country, by the way, if I order something from China right now and it doesn't show up in three weeks, I'm livid. I'm like, what's going on? Well, look, I'm calling up my credit card, I'm canceling. It's all crazy. Listening to people that know what they're talking about. And by the way, folks, this is not, even though we're talking about NFTs and sometimes we talk about stocks and we're going to talk about that later, this is not stock advice. This is not investment advice. You buy NFTs at your own risk, yada, yada. You're, Listen, you're watching you, idiots versus idiots, okay? If you came here looking for prudent financial advice, you deserve whatever failure and mayhem comes your way, my friend. You deserve it. You well, we st that. it still had to be said. Okay, it still had yeah. to be said. But the thing about Gary Vee, though, is you listen to people that are have a proven track record record of knowledge. In this right. case, Gary Vee called the internet selling wine on the internet the the established, and this was back in the dial up internet days. Yes, he called that the internet 1.0. Right. Right. When Fair he enough. then took that to YouTube and stuff like that, so the right. social media platforms, he the called that the internet 2.0. Right. Fair enough. So, okay, he is now showing a track record of two times calling the next big multi-million thing, you know, dollar and thing. profiting and profiting from it. He's now calling this not just NFTs, but this platform of creating real-world right. attachments to NFTs. Right. Internet 3.0 that that's, holds weight, even if you're not a fan. Yeah, and so here's the thing on the back end. Even has like gift goats or something. So if you if you get one or buy one, I don't know what this. I don't know if those are things you win by buying other tokens. I don't remember. But he no, will so send each you. Each one of the tokens is different, right? So yeah, everybody no. gets every token gets the VCon right yes, conference. But that, every that. token offers you a different thing. Yes, and I think there's 600 or something gift goats where six times a year Gary V will physically send you a gift. Uh -huh. Five hundred and fifty-five so, gift goats. Six. At least six times a year, 
he says on multiple different interviews at least times six times a year he is going to send you to your house whatever like he's going to partner with companies i'm going to send you hip-hop gear i'm going to send you whatever Whatever, he's like i'm going to find the greatest and here's what i think is again if you don't know gary v go find him is he takes this is not something gary v and his name is on everything because he takes personal pride in everything that he does gary v is not going out and just partnering with somebody that's going to give him 555 pieces of crap that he's that they're trying to sell you he's going to feel personally responsible for you getting that item and going this is freaking awesome but let me tell you something gary v has such a strong connection to his audience he's not paying i guarantee you Whatever he sends you six times a year, he's not paying for it. He's going to a partner and saying, "Hey, listen, you want to create an audience of dedicated, hard, crazy like people who would love sure. your product? Give me five hundred fifty samples, and I'll send it to their house." And you know, there's no company in this world that's going to be like turn down Gary V's audience. No, because they're not only getting that five access to that five hundred fifty five; they're getting access to everybody else. And this is—I'm glad you started with the the. Uh, the, the gift token gift because goat. here's the deal the gift goat because here here's what he wants and he literally says it several times in in the interviews that he's doing is th- and that's the thing about this nft you own this nft you own this ticket okay right. you own this ticket let's just call the the gift go to ticket you right. own ticket that now gives you access for the next three years for those six gifts right let's say you get three gifts into this year right and right. it's just amazing crap after amazing yeah. crap after amazing crap and you go you know what i'm fine with this but i don't really need this anymore yeah you now have that ticket that you can then sell on the secondary market gary right. v is going to charge you a 10 percent royalty right let him do it that, which is guess what another way he's making money good business right yep. you got to come back to me to sell it but you can then let's just say you paid 20 grand for it Right, I'm just yeah. throwing a number out there. Let's pay you take twenty grand for this gift goat. Six months from now, three gifts have gone out. They're all insane. You've gotten your money back plus because he's sending crap that's worth five, yes. ten grand a pop. Right? He's sending you sneakers. He's sending you this. He's sending you that. Right. And you can now go back on the open market and go. You know what? I'm fine with this. It's got two and a half years left of gifts. It's got at yeah. least fifteen gifts left on this, and sell it on the open market. Maybe somebody gives you fifty grand. Or a hundred right, grand, because, or whatever yeah, so else. Scarcity, which is like, there's manufactured scarcity, which this is, right? Correct. He there's can go only ten thousand two hundred and fifty-five of these that are going to be made. Yeah, so like it's manufactured scarcity, but that scarcity creates interest. You know, I'm I'm a huge watch collector. I was watching a video of you know a, a dealer who's been in the business for twenty years, and he's like, listen, after you know in two thousand eight. I was selling this particular Patek Philippe watch. There was a limited run of them. I was moving them for $600,000. There was all this hype around the watch. Mm-hmm. If you want to move one today, 250 is going to be the top of the market for you. So some people are going to overpay, but here's the thing. You have the Patek Philippe that you wanted, the specific dress watch, which I would never wear. It's not my deal. Not a Nautilus. I'd wear a Nautilus, but nothing else. You still you enjoy it. The value is... Right. The value of the NFT is, did you get value? Did you enjoy it? If you enjoyed it and then turned around and made money on it and you flipped it, God bless America. Right? Sure. Good for you. Look, but if you... Even, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying, look, listen. Uh, value is subjective. And this is the first lesson of market economics. 
is that value is subjective. You are not going to find the same value in the things that I will find value in because I'm a smart person and you're the big man. Well, but value is subjective. However, there are things that have a more provable value than others in mainstream. Like, for example, a house in a neighborhood, right, typically holds value because of the value of sales around it, right? It can increase. Now, a watch, for example, to me is more like art. You have to, for someone to see value in it, you have to be a watch guy, right, or a watch person. Art, you have to be an art person or whatever. So, so that is 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 more subjective than say real estate or property or something like that. In this case, because he's adding these things of value, and the gift code is just one of them. You Most just, of yeah, these are so, yeah. at uh, access type of things like right. there's one on there you can buy where you're bowling with Gary Vee. There's one of them where you're getting 45 minutes sit down. There's one of them where you get a first class ticket to every single live event he has for the next three years, including sitting with him in the green room in the back, right? There's all right. these different things that you can go to again, vfriends.com and you'll see the different number of tokens and the different type lunch, ladybug, dinner, deer, hangout Hawk, right? Where you get to right. hang out with Gary Vee courtside cat where you get to sit down and go to a, a Lakers game with him and you sit next to him, right? The and Lakers it, game or a, I would assume it's a Nets game. Uh, no, I'm sorry. A Nets game. I apologize. He's yeah. a New York guy. So a Nets game. But you get to sit courtside with Gary Vee for an entire Nets game. Get to or just, Knicks it, it, probably is. I don't know which one it is. The point yeah. is, is you're sitting at a basketball game, right, with, with Gary Vee, Podcast Panther where you get to do a podcast with him, Poker Pirate where you get to sit down for a couple of hours and play poker. My point is, is these things have real life value versus art versus right. a watch versus yeah. a whatever. You, I don't know what Gary V charges someone to sit down for an hour to talk to him, but not it cheap. ain't cheap. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that you can sit there and and not only get to sit down with Gary V for a couple of hours, but sit down with Gary V and a couple of his buddies and play poker for a couple of hours. Yeah. I don't know the price tag that that would be, but it would be massive. Right. Let me, here's the other thing. This is an open market. If you have Ethereum and you get the wallet, you know, on their side, mm -hmm. you can just buy it. So, whereas in, if you want, let's say he's auctioning off, come play poker with me, or like he allows you to pay for that. How do you even get to Gary Vee to get him to let you pay for it? You know. Well, exactly. That that's the other thing. That's why these are these things. These types of things. If they do pick up and why he's building at this platform, we keep calling it a platform. Right. Because, look, he doesn't want to stop here, right? Of course. Three years from now, he's going to do this again, right? Yeah. And and that kind of stuff. But he wants to also help other – look, Gary Vee's a big helping business, other businesses or whatever. If well, he's he going to get paid there, to do it. So Well, absolutely. Know. He'll take a, a, a royalty off the top. If he can prove this concept, proof in concept the next three years, right? do you think there's not – let's say – Joe Bob's pizza chain over here, right? right? I don't know how to create an NFT, but I want to I want to capitalize on this kind of thing. You could go to Gary V's company, which I'm sure he'll start his platform. They'll create the NFT for you, free pizza for life. Right. Sell it at an auction where someone yeah. buys it. And yeah. then guess what? You make free pizza for life, one pizza a day, but right? You get, for everything. Yeah, but you get the money up front which you need to expand or whatever. Exactly. Listen, Somebody buys that free pizza for life, and then two years from now, if they're tired of your pizza, they sell it to somebody else. Exactly. So listen, uh, you know, Gary V built Wine Library, Wine Library TV, into this massive enterprise. 
And off the back of that started VaynerMedia with his brother. Mm-hmm. And so what he's doing here is entirely what the big man accurately described right now. First time in human history he got something correct on this show. <laughs> Gary sure. V is proving the concept of NFTs and creating a platform where there are real-world rewards in addition to the token, in addition to your non-fungible token, the piece of art that you bought, the piece of digital art. There's all these back-end stuff. He's going to prove that with himself and then turn around and charge fortunes to other people to set up a platform for them. In any Which is, field, by the way. His idea is in any field, by the way. You're a football player. Yeah. If you're a football, if you're, if let's say you're a songwriter, right? You're trying to up and come artist. And it's all these, the traditional music industry is filled with basically leeches that take all of your money, right? Or whatever. Rent seekers. Well, if you were up and coming band, why not make a whole bunch of NFTs, right? That have, okay, come to this concert, come to this, whatever. You now create your own label. You're in charge. Yes. You're keeping your money. You're, yeah, you so, pay a royalty to somebody like Gary Vee to create the NFTs and help you auction them off. And, but and you don't whatever. care about that because you made money. Listen, it is the ultimate hipster move, what you just described. And that is like, you know, I owned, I was, listen, man, the first time Gaslight like launched their NFT, I bought it. And I owned like the first three of their talk-ons, right? <laughs> I'm just making up a band called okay, Gaslight. That's, I don't that's know why. 20 years from now. But if this yeah, does become but it's a gonna, thing, yeah. the, it, that I think you're going to see. If it does, and again, I'm saying if. if I'm it saying does, it will. I'm betting on the future of it happening. I hope so because here's the thing what you do create is let's say you bought his, you know, whatever, his uh, 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 mentor meeting mongoose, right? And three years from now, of course, that ends because it has a three-year clock. But you still own that NFT forever. And when he comes out with the second series and a third series, you own, like, Gary Vee's rookie card. You own one of his 10,255 rookie cards. That in itself, if it does become a thing where there's a series two and a series three and a series four and all these companies getting in on it, you now own one of the original from someone like Gary Vee. That in itself, you could probably sell 20 years from now for some insane amount of money because you own it forever. Right. And I, I do believe that, <clears throat> um, you know, on the next run, they could. I think that the, the value proposition on, you know, series two, three, and four, he's going to offer you less and less and less, and it's going to cost more. Why wouldn't he? I mean, that's the whole point. If he can prove concept, that's why he thinks even during this three-year day, three year window, right? Like, he, he spoke on one of his podcasts about, like, for example, the, the one where you get the first-class ticket to go see right. all of his live performances or whatever. He's like, look, you're going to come see me live once or twice, right, if I'm in your country or I'm in your whatever. Yeah. But then I'm going to take a six-month, tra- you know, six-month European tr- tour and maybe you're not going or whatever, and you want to sell that. To someone else that hasn't been there, that hasn't already spent two or three hours yeah. with me or whatever, because you're like, eh, you know, whatever, right? Right. You know, he, even during this three year, his goal, at least what he's saying is his goal, is not only to prove this as a concept, but go so overboard on it, right, that it creates this unrealistic value during this first three right. years. Right. And, and a guy like him can, it's, he, he shoots for the stars and he gets it a lot. Yeah, and let me tell you something. I've seen some 
content from what I would call Gary the haters. Um, and I'm familiar with the arguments. That, and listen, like this guy is not trying to rip anybody off. Nah. He is providing so much value to people who are interested in his his deal that uh, and people. I'm sure there's going to be people who look at this and go, "This is just a cash grab." But let me tell you something. We're a business and marketplace news podcast. I've been open about my socio-political ideology on here. Let me just say this much. There is nothing immoral, wrong, or incorrect about trying to profit. Value is subjective. I, If someone buys an NFT, if I go buy a Gary Vee NFT, if I buy into his friends platform, it's because I see more value in that NFT than I do my dollar. I worked hard for my dollar, and I see in value, and the whole point of the first lesson of, of market economics, value is subjective. You sure. don't get to tell other people that, that they should keep their you know, Ethereum. I think on one of the interviews, he said he expects these things to go around three Ethereum. Ethereum's 3800 bucks. We're talking just about 10, 10 grand. grand. If you have 10 grand and you see more value in going to hang out with Gary V, and that $10,000 turns into a springboard where you end up in a vlog, you mention your business, your business starts blowing up, you now have a six-figure earning business because you got in one vlog with Gary Vee or a podcast where you mentioned your thing, or he gives you that one piece of advice that makes you turn your business, pivot it 10 degrees, but that's the thing that you were needing the whole time to unlock all of your potential. You don't get to tell other people that they don't get to climb a ladder. They, if you want to climb a ladder, you're going to climb a ladder. That's what you get to do. And uh, so people won't see value in this. And those are the people who would tell you to go to college, get a solid degree, get a good job, and then try to pay off your student loans while you balance your girlfriend's student loans and right. try to buy a house right. in the hottest housing market. We're going to talk about that a little later. Yeah. But it, those people are all so stupid, and they're signing you up for pain. Go sign yourself up for what you believe in. Right. Don't let anybody else tell you don't do this. And, hey, if it doesn't work out, be man enough, woman or man, whatever, be mature enough to take ownership of a choice mm -hmm. that didn't pan out the way you wanted it to because that's how you mature into being an adult. Well, but that – okay, two things really quick. That's what he's doing. He's creating opportunity with this. They may not sell for ten grand a piece. They may sell for two grand a piece. What well, he no. did is create an opportunity to see if this works. That's what you were just talking about. And then he's going to learn from it, by the way, right. and keep moving forward. The second part of this is if I – if I, I'm not going to say whether I'm going to buy an NFT or not because I don't want people outbidding me out there. But my point is, is if I was buying an NFT, it right. wouldn't just be because it's Gary Vee. It wouldn't right. just be because the the access that it gives me. It would be an investment of what I think may be an opportunity in the platform going forward. Right. I, if you told anybody that they could go back in time and hold on to a Mickey Mantle rookie card. Right. Because back then, guess what? People, that they wanted the gum inside baseball cards, not the, the baseball cards. Yeah, right. Okay? Most of them ended up in the trash. They ended up in the garbage. They ended up in the street. They ended up whatever. Baseball cards were, like, what we now know they did with what the value is now. Right. It blows our minds. This could be that, and that would be my bet if I was betting on the NFT. Those other things are nice, right? Yeah. Uh, what it gives me for the next years, going to VCon would be cool, the whatever. But it really, to me, would be a ten thousand dollar bet on right. what this could become. And that 
And listen, I'm a gambler, baby. Like, I think at the heart of a lot of entrepreneurs is the gambler. Some people are entrepreneurs out of choice. I'm an entrepreneur because I'm a degenerate gambler. I'm actually not a degenerate gambler, but I'm just saying... (laughs) In my heart, in, in here, way. yes. In, in my way. heart, in here, I'm a degenerate gambler. Like I, I love the, the the thrill of like, yeah, I bet all of my money on this, and if this doesn't work, I'm gonna be sleeping in my mom's Kia. Right. But, I, I I've talked about it before that I, that's what made me a bad employee. Right. Yes. Is that type of I will bet on myself, and I think that's that's true of most entrepreneurs, as you just said, the right. willingness to bet on yourself. Right, Gary right. V's doing it right now. He's betting yes. on himself in an entirely new way. That guess yes. what? Ninety nine percent of the world population don't understand what's an NFT. I don't understand yep. it. Where does it come from? Totally. Where's its value? Right? right or whatever. He's doing it when most people don't get it. And nobody understood the value of starting a uh, website that sells wine, but he did. Right. And it's a massively profitable business for his family. Nobody understood the value of starting a YouTube channel. I mean, now everybody gets it. Right. Of so course. if you, so don't so anyways, I, I think this is this is fascinating. I'm so excited. I think that we're living in a very interesting time. I think there's a lot of interesting shifts happening in the market across the board. Mm-hmm. I think blockchain is fascinating technology. And if you're the type of person who's who who doesn't want to be left behind, take a moment to investigate what all of this is. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's – and Danny and I talked about it during before the show, but I, and we didn't really hit on it during this thing. But I think it is a great decision of his, even though I'm not – and everybody that watches the show knows I'm not a huge fan of cryptocurrency as an investment. Yeah. But the fact that he went in and said, hey, I'm only using Ethereum. Yeah. And I'm doing it. It's the the only way I can access it is you go out and getting the wallet and getting Ethereum or whatever. I think, again, that is is – intelligent in his way he's trying to get people to buy into something that they may not have previously understood right right, or whatever and doing it in that way to get people maybe some that would have been like me that okay i i'm just not i'm not going to play in that game to get people involved in it and and go forward and again i don't know what his position on ethereum is listen i think this overcomes your skepticism a lot of people's skepticism uh, when it comes to the entire the entire world of blockchain, uh, but we listen. We got to move on to our next story. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Big Man Gear. Big Man Gear is the big man's idea of a funny merch brand. It's every corny dad joke and uh, Gen X meme on a T-shirt, and you can buy them for sale via Amazon Prime. You can go to BigManGear.com because who doesn't need another T-shirt and you can walk around and show the world. I get all of my news from these two morons. Absolutely. Well, hey, that's the Texan joke, right? I can tell yeah. everything about a Texan I need to know by its bumper stickers, right? Is yeah, religious so belief true, yeah. is. Yeah, I don't okay. put any <laughs> bumper stickers on any of my cars. I, I don't have him either, but it's a good joke. And Your entire works. truck is wrapped. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, my entire truck is wrapped in my brand. That's a, but yeah, okay. okay, that's a big massive bumper sticker. All right, all right, check your yeah, face. Okay. All right, what's our next story? This next story, we are idiots versus idiots. We are uh, Texas-sized individuals. And, man, that hot light's coming on, baby. Krispy Kreme is prepping itself for an IPO. Okay. You realize that Krispy Kreme was once a publicly traded company, right? 
it was at one time and then went private because it was uh it was failing right and now now they're going public ipo because last time they actually went spac right but okay uh they're going private because and here this has been coming if wait they're again, going private okay they went private no they went private and now they're going ipo right right versus the way they went last time here's the point though Again, I realize this is two fat guys talking about Krispy Kreme, right? I, I get that. So yeah. go ahead in the comments and say all the fat Just jokes you want to say. Get it out. We're business and marketplace out. news, you know what I mean? Podcast, Podcast. here. Yes. The point is, is they have, if you keep track of, and I'm having a hard time saying this as a fat guy, if you keep track of Krispy Kreme as a business, not a donut factory, <laughs> they've been preparing for this for years now. <laughs> like McDonald's or Burger King or whatever, that McDonald's is in the, the, the real estate industry, not the burger industry, right? Yeah, that of argument's course, yeah. been made. Krispy Kreme has opened up in New York Times Square, a Krispy yep. Kreme that, that's 24 hours a day. They bought into these bigger cities and built these almost hipster style. Go out there and just type in Krispy Kreme like in um in the in the 2017 remake failed remake of Power Rangers the they had a huge brand deal with Krispy Kreme it's the greatest most it was the most prolific crossover of my lifetime two of my favorite things that's that's hilarious um the point is though is they they have strategically recreated their brand right from yeah. just being Krispy Kreme to being this hipster they not only sell just donuts now in some of these places like New York Times Square they sell Krispy Kreme branded keychains and crap like that the whole Starbucks things with Starbucks coffee mugs and, right. and and all these different things so they've created this now brand right around Krispy Kreme not just hey we're selling donuts much like Dunkin has done right yeah. Dunkin has branched out in in very similar way and I think they one of their failures here was not to go more of the cafe route. So my yeah. my view here is that more people and even some uh, chunky Texans like us are maybe a little more concerned about being healthy, right? Uh, because being a fat person is another job, and I don't need another job. And <laughs> I, so I'm just saying that if they had gone more of you can't go healthy with Krispy Kreme, right? There's no okay, such thing as no, but I don't think you want look again, and I and I've heard this argument before when it comes to business, and yeah. I I don't here's what I don't like about it, and and uh. again all healthy kick and all this uh. everybody should be healthier, yada yada. Who cares? The point, my point is, is Krispy Kreme needs to exist in a world where I'm not convincing people to stop going to Krispy Kreme or go to Krispy Kreme. I can't make an argument any other way. Nothing right. you say, I say, or the news says is going to stop somebody from going by Krispy Kreme that's going to go by right. Krispy Kreme this morning. So stop it. Who cares? Who cares if the world's well, trying to be healthier? There's still plenty of room for Krispy Kreme to exist and to make a lot of money as an investor. Yes. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying is if they started offering like Dunkin', Duncan offers all of these coffee options. Right. Duncan has become the kind of East Coast answer to the West Coast Starbucks because Starbucks is a Seattle-based company. Right. You live in a well, depressing place. Well, they're attempting place. to. I don't know that they've been successful, but they're attempting to. Right. And I'll go on record right now. I think they've been successful at, at becoming a like more of a cafe coffee type place. They have, but, but they don't. Not in the same not realm as starbucks right they're 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 definitely no, they're not in the same they're, they're realm not competing starbucks. against starbucks they're, no but they i don't are, think they're you know. competing with starbucks but i think they're offering an option to consumers and it's i think it's an option that people are buying into because 
I'll tell you some. Their I've sales seen them. Are up. Yeah, and I've seen them popping up in my old town where I used to live up north. Mm-hmm. They're like you know there was a franchise franchisee that I talked to, and she was telling me. She's like, oh, no, I bought into the franchise and I've opened three stores. I'm going to open five in the next this many years. And, uh, you know, they're, they're Baskin-Robbins, co-branded, the, mm-hmm. the Duncans are. Um, but I'm just saying that, I, you know, I think that my question or thought process was simply like, hey, in a world where people are trying to be healthier, why go public when you can just stay private? It gives you so much better options. Because they – look, it's why does any company go – you know, public. They want to, and I'm going to go on the record. I'm not a Krispy Kreme fan. I, I will eat a Krispy Kreme if I like walk in and the hot donuts sign is on the and it's like the, the hot, hot light, bling, whatever. Okay, made Fresh, a whole song about it. I, I, yeah, I care about that. The point is, it, again, and Danny's going to make fun of me for that. The point is, what do I care about Drake and his songs? Anyway, the point is. <laughs> The lights the on. Part, listen, the part, the, the sentence that you just said, the statement that you just made, I am not a Krispy Kreme fan. Come at me, bro. Not a Drake you, or a Krispy Kreme fan. Come at me, bro. I don't care I don't if care. you're a fan of Drake or not because Drake is music, but there is something intrinsically undeniable about that hot, without that hot, fresh Krispy Kreme donut melting in your mouth. No, I and I agree with you. If I'm if I if I'm at a Krispy Kreme and I drive through the drive-through, which again I don't do, but if I did, the lights on, and it's hot and fresh, you're right. It's nice. It's soft. It melts in your mouth. However, okay. at the point that you drive away from there with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, oh, I would never do. Not that. a fan. Not I've a never fan. done that. I, uh, I'm last not time. a fan. If you bring Krispy Kreme donuts to uh, my studio, they are not getting eaten, brother. I, yeah, that, I I'm not. And here's the thing: I am also, as a fellow large person, I will consume calories in a very selective manner because I'm large. Um, and I'll go. These are cold, crispy, or cool, crispy cream donuts. The room temperature. I'm out. Because I'd rather go eat mashed potatoes or something. Because I'm going to get way more joy. If I'm going to eat something bad for me, give me mashed potatoes, not Krispy Kreme. That being said, there's that Krispy Kreme off of Research Boulevard. I don't go to that one. The last time I was in San Antonio. Yeah, the Research Boulevard, Duval, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was maybe seven or eight o'clock at night. I'm driving, and it's I see that Krispy Kreme with the hot light on. I passed it. <laughs> I went off the exit. I went down the feeder. I came back and I went over there. No. And I walked in, and they're like, "What do you want?" I was just like, "Listen, I just want one donut." Like, yeah. "Oh, here you go." And I pulled out cash. Like, "Ah, just take the donut." I'm like, really? That let me tell you something. If you give me a free donut, I'll be a shareholder. Well, okay. and again, I'm going to say this because this is not a political show, but one of the things that they got in trouble for this year is they have said if you've got been vaccinated, you get a donut for free every day until the end of 2021. So, again, if you wanted your free donut, you can, if you're vaccinated, go to Krispy yeah. Kreme and get a free donut every day in 2021. Not Let a political show. I'm yeah. just saying what it is. And I'm just going to go ahead and say something along the lines of, I think that's the opposite of trying to be healthy, but hey, <laughs> that's just my opinion. This is idiots versus idiots. What do we know? Okay. Hey, and just for just for the Central Texas folks, y'all all know we'd rather have Round Rock Donuts. I don't. All right. Yeah. Everybody knows. If you know, you know. I, I, I know. know. Listen, I know. Okay. But listen, 
there is something un- intrinsically undeniable. You have to be a monster, a war <laughs> criminal, to not love a hot Krispy Kreme donut. That's a all I'm saying. No, you're right. A fresh, hot Krispy Kreme donut is magical experience. However, okay. so when you said I'm not a Krispy Kreme fan, nobody when they talk about Krispy Kreme is talking about cold Krispy Kreme donuts or room temperature. You got we that's are the whole talk- thing about donuts. You buy a dozen, you take them somewhere, whatever. That's how you gauge I, a donut, Danny. No, no, you no. realize we're two fat guys arguing about when and where donuts are good. But hey, my opinions on sweet treats are so controversial. My YouTube channel got banned. Okay? No, that's crazy. Yeah. I had a I had a YouTube channel where I wore a wore a robe that I borrowed from a hotel that shall remain nameless, the Omni in Dallas, sorry. Uh, and I would review sweet treats, and my opinions were so controversial, they banned my channel. I think it so. was the robe, is probably in the. Yeah. But, but I digress. The point is, yeah, I think they did say, "Could you please close the robe and you can continue <laughs> to do the show?" And I refused on principle. I'm a man of principles, so yes, I refused. On sure, principle. you are. All right, what's what? What do we got next? What bills we got to pay? All right, let's talk about one of my favorite sponsors here because I own it. Rise Lentless, that's R-I-S-E-L-E-N-T-L-E-S-S, riselentless.com. I sell fun coffee mugs for entrepreneurs and side hustlers and anybody that dares to dream big. We got a couple different things coming. We got T-shirts, we got a clothing line, and we got some prints coming. Nice. Yep, but this next story, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you're in the real estate business. Is it not, is it okay to say that on Idiots versus Idiots? Can I of say course. that? Of course. I'm wearing a shirt that says I am the big man in real estate, so I'm fine well, with it. Well, nobody can really read what your shirt says because your font choice is egregious. Lumber ahead, prices. Danny. I listen, I want to talk about lumber today. I want to talk about wood. Do you, you have wood? wood? I always have wood. Always got wood, baby. Uh lumber prices add thirty six thousand dollars. <laughs> The cost of a new home and approximately $13,000 to the price of an existing home because, uh, according to the National Association of Home Builders, it mostly has to do with the slowdown in supply chain of lumber. Well, yes, and we've talked about this on a previous podcast, I think, when we were talking about just the real estate industry being up or whatever. But but let's put right. this in perspective, folks. When we say lumber shortage, and if you're even paying attention, you've seen the funny memes out there. You know, I'm selling one piece of composite yeah. lumber. I know what I have, right? right so right, don't right. try to lowball me or, or whatever. Or like I saw a millionaire today. It's a guy towing a like yeah, you know, just lumber just some lumber, two by fours and stuff. Uh, the point is, here's the here's the real thing that I think may get it on people. Lumber prices in the last year, this month, right, May to May. Are up three hundred and forty percent. Yeah, that's three hundred and forty percent in a year. So when you talk oh. about it's only added thirty six thousand dollars to your average price, that's an average, folks. When you talk about certain parts of the country that are like Central Texas that are building houses like crazy, right? It's not each house is only added thirty six. It's way more than that because it's yeah. up. 340%. Think about if you manufacture anything. If you're a business person, an entrepreneur, and you're listening to this, and you manufacture anything, I don't care what it is, and the cost of your your items that make your product increase by 340% over a year, you are hurting because you can't increase your price 340% in a year. Right. 
right? Now, this isn't a political show, and this is not a political statement. I'm just saying, hey, somebody printed a quarter of the world's dollars in one year. Right. Might I might think. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, oh, I think that might have negatively affected something. <laughs> well, you look. I'm not a big fan of sticking up for home builders because I think they're a bunch of big babies, and they're they, oh, okay. They, you're in the real estate industry. Could you not okay. say that, please? Well, but I'm sorry. The fact that when when home builders people don't realize how much home builders, especially your bigger home builders, your Dr. Hortons and your Tom Morrison's and or Taylor yeah. Morrison's and stuff, you don't understand how much money they make per house. When you're building houses twenty at a time, obviously the cost of equipment and stuff come way down right the cost of labor comes way down the amount of money they make on your average three or four hundred thousand dollar house is insane their 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 profit margin now again well, so people i gotta have live pers- somewhere man why are he ruining everybody's day I, i'm just saying again you can pay whatever you want to pay for your house i just don't feel bad for builders saying okay my increase of lumber but i get it it is an expense People don't like it. Your corporation, I don't like it when my expenses go up, but they do from time to time. We don't like it, but sometimes it is. The problem that I see right now is a lot of your news articles and a lot of your builders, and again, coming from builders, are screaming that, yes, there was, uh, we all know what happened last year. Yes, that created a supply issue. Tariffs have completed, uh, uh, contributed to the supply issue but they're saying it's not as bad as these middlemen right these big something like lumber has a lot of middlemen right there there are factories that go to factories that go to factories that go to warehouses that go to warehouses and then it gets to your store they're saying the biggest issue is middlemen are creating and they're seeing as an opportunity much like when there's a gas shortage gouging is illegal in a lot of states right I know Danny doesn't like it because he's an anarchist, but the point is, is gouging is illegal in a lot of states, and they're accusing these middlemen of gouging. taking advantage of this shortage and gouging on prices, which is what's causing the three hundred and forty percent increase. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't. I don't deal with a lot of these middlemen, right? What I do know is it's causing a lot of builders, big builders, to slow down production. Because they want to sit back and wait until the prices come back down to go back to their profit margins, which is now increasing the the low inventory of housing, which is artificially putting it, pushing that up, right? Right now in America, one in four homes being sold are new construction, when traditionally right. that's 10%. Yeah. It's traditionally one out of 10. New right. homes are, are typically when I can't find you what you want out in the resale market. Right, we go to go. new construction as a last resort because they can make it or they can, they'll have it or yeah. whatever. And right now, even that is not a safe haven because of the need. Yeah, and listen, the reason I added this story in was because I, I'm in the real estate business and I'm, you know I have family. They're trying to move. Mm-hmm. And this this type of thing, you know, here's the other thing. The psychology of it, how the last year affected the 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 global psychology, the the collective psychology of people was: I don't want to live in a city. I don't want to be crammed in an apartment. I want space. Uh, you know, right. the New Yorkers that are are cramming into Austin are like, I can go get a townhouse. Um, one of my favorite po- podcasters, a guy named Michael Malice, was like, I can get a townhouse in Austin. Why would I live in New York? Right. Right. Well, absolutely. 
and people say the lumber shortage and this is the other thing and again average person widening your view people say lumber shortage we think of like framing a house right or whatever but really a lumber shortage affects a lot of materials flooring cabinetry right all kinds of things going into building your house rely on some sort of wood to accomplish that so it's not just framing a house it's all of it cabinets are up in price flooring yeah. is up in price all no, of it no. Now, let me ask you this question. Here's a weird question. It's a more inside baseball question, but this is idiots mm -hmm. versus idiots. Do you see in, in Central Texas and other parts of Texas, there has been a boom in the last 10 years, I would say, of barn dominiums. That's where they take a metal kit, and, it listen, it lacks a certain amount of, like, oh, this like, a certain aesthetic. But sure. if you don't care, if you just go, listen, I just need open walls, I just need a space... Do you see that having a growth opportunity? Because a lot of those are just steel kits. Well, look, they're all. Or do you kinds think the shortage? Or do you think the shortage is not going to last long enough, where the long-term price bump in, in, in lumber is going to be more reasonable, 10, 15 percent, to where that's not going to have a big enough, you know, effect on on in the on short term? Sure. It always does. You have tiny right. homes. You have, you know what I mean, the concrete homes coming out. You have all these things. Tiny that homes I put are in, the dumbest. And I agree with you on the tiny homes there. But th this is my point, is I really like barnuminiums, but as a overall investment, they will yeah. never make up enough of a market to be a good investment when you really? can buy a traditional 3-2 home and whatever. And yes, right now they're expensive, but they – it is what it is. The fact is is that at least right now and for the foreseeable future, people want what looks like a normal home. Are there people out there that are willing to buy a barn dominium for you, right? Because yeah. it looks like a barn dominium, whatever. Sure. Are they a large majority of the people on any given day looking for a home? No. And until that is that person, they're not a good investment. Now, in my opinion. Now, I also, and the, a lot of people disagree with me. I, I agree with the same thing. People talk about duplexes and fourplexes and stuff like that as great investments. I don't think they are. The reason is, and people go, well, wait a minute. You're buying two homes for the price of one or whatever, right? Yeah. Which is not necessarily the case. But let's just say no, for it's argument's one mortgage. sake, it's, it is. So you can go up to four, four doors in a single property. It's considered one mortgage. Right. But on any given day, there are only X number of buyers, right? 100%. And on any given day, out of that 100%, who's looking for a duplex and a fourplex? Correct. It's not 100%. It's not even right. 10%. So I, It's not even 5%. So I'm eliminating 95% of my buyers on any given day right. because I own a duplex. Does that sound like a good investment to you? Not really. And most most seasoned real estate investors aren't interested in duplexes and fourplexes because they no. can't get commercial loans on them. They're traditional. I've argued that they were a scam for a long time. They're scams. The, the, well, the people that, that the rent them... The big man thinks everything is a scam. That is like, not true. Okay? That is mostly Again, true. successful businessman, make money, own rental properties. Okay, right. I'm, not just, I'm not just a guy over here going, I don't know things. Now, done it. Been there, I, done that, I know made some lots things. of money. Okay? I know some things. I'm just saying. So, look, and again, back to this. And it's not just lumber, by the way. Drywall right. is up 7%. Steel that makes all of your wiring and everything like that is up 18%. Right. Copper's up 27%. The right. price of, of real estate 
as far as lots, like like yeah. developing raw land is up right. 11%. That all by itself when you're talking about developments, right? Developments right. cost millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? right? When land is typically one of the cheapest things when you talk about a development, right? right. Somebody's buying 100 acres and they're going to develop a neighborhood out of it. When you talk about developing it, putting in roads, clearing all the trees, those things are more expensive typically than land. Right. So I could easily argue that the 11% increase in just the land itself is more of a detriment than the lumber thing. Really? So do you predict or what's your feeling, your gut reaction to like how long do you think the shortage lasts? Do you think this is just a permanent fixture of how like this is it? Now lumber's a billion bajillion dollars or what? Well, I no, I like any other asset, right? The longer lumber stays more expensive, the less likely it is to ever come back to where it was, right? The longer it's this is true in real estate. The longer this insanity of low inventory lasts, yeah. How long the, becomes before that just becomes standard, right? That's regular, in real yeah. estate, we use the past to tell us what is right. right. So if I'm evaluating a neighbor a, a house and I come up with a valuation of that house, I'm looking at what's happened in the last year, or even right. the last ninety days to year, right? Right. So if I have the insanity compass. for a year, yeah. I have a year of insanity. Yeah, so you price, in, you price that insanity into the new price. So the longer it stays insane, the less likely it is to go and down when those when those air will come back up. And another friend of mine who's in the real estate industry on the advertising side was had posted a graphic that said, hey, if you look at decade over decade, the manufacturing of new homes, it's a pretty straight line. But if you go like 2011 to 2021, it's it's a third or a half or something. Don't quote me on the numbers, but the point is right. it's some drastic number of less homes because coming out of the great financial crisis, the GFC of 2008, 2009, people weren't producing as many homes. They never so, ran back up to pre-housing right. crisis numbers because they wanted to play were, it safe. Exactly. And a lot of, as the big man has mentioned before on this program accurately, which is a rare thing that he does on the show, says something correct. <laughs> he pointed out that a lot of these smaller, small to medium-sized home builders got cut out of the market at that and time. And never came back. And never they just came back. Never, they never came back. So there is, there's, listen, I drive around a lot of neighborhoods. I'm, I'm getting into the commercial real estate business. There are so many apartment complexes going up where, I, where I'm seeing, where I do think the market is moving in a direction that goes, a lot more people are going to live in apartments. That's a that's a thesis of a lot of people. Millennials don't care that much about owning a house. I don't think that's necessarily right. true. And Gen Zers care less, care even, even less. less than millennials. Right. So there is an argument to be made, and was millennials and Gen Zers, you know, the Zoomers, you know, as they start turning eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, and maybe they're not going to college somewhere, right? right. Because they and can't. All of this or, folds back into wealth. Right, folks. I mean, all of this folds back into wealth and that kind of stuff. But and we talked about alternative ways to investing right earlier in this podcast. So I, well, yeah, I, again, that's what I'm saying is I don't think that again. This is my opinion, but I don't think that the single family home is the fantastic investment that it. And maybe it's just simply that it was a good investment for everybody up to Gen X, like college was. College was a great investment for Gen X. But subsequently, for other people, not a great investment. That doesn't not for mean millennials. that. Yeah, yeah. 
And that I think that's what a single-family home is going to be. I do think this is going to push these lumber prices, land increase, sheetrock. All of this stuff is going to go up, and I think it's going to push a lot of people out of that market. And let me just say this much. If you're somebody who dreamed of owning a single-family home, mm-hmm. uh, and this is now out of reach for you, uh, see this as an opportunity, right? Maybe you go and buy a piece of land and you put a manufactured on is whatever that's not a good investment but don't, it's cheaper don't take than Danny's rent. investment advice that's horrible yeah. investment advice but go ahead it's not an investment it's not an investment it's a place to live right sure and, and if you let's say you have fifty thousand bucks and you go buy a piece of land for whatever on a on a, a on a loan and you put down a fifty thousand dollar manufactured house and now you don't have rent anymore okay mm-hmm. or you go buy a used manufactured and remodel it Again, not an not an expensive proposition, but you have fifty or sixty grand that you're going to go put down on a, a down payment on a house. Let me tell you something that might open you up to other opportunities. I'm not saying that is the investment. Sure, I'm saying that takes the care of. I don't have to worry about rent. I don't have to worry about moving. Now I can go focus on. I can go take that two or three thousand dollars a month or fifteen hundred dollars to spend on rent and a mortgage and insurance and all sort of stuff. Now I can invest in other things. That's what I'm saying is keep a, keep an open mind and see this as an opportunity and ask yourself, as we mentioned earlier in the show, you know, I brought up the, the issue of self-awareness, you know, Gary V, ask yourself this question. Why did you want that house? Okay. Why I can agree with keep an open mind and why did you want with that house? The everything else Danny just said is wrong. However, I'm proposing an alternative. I'm not saying it's an investment. I'm proposing an alternative living situation. Now, if you're a millennial, if you're a Gen Z, if you're a Zoomer, and you think like your tiny houses, that's a trailer. Oh, that's a trailer. Just, but look, that's just a fancy trailer. Stop this. Here's ah, what I'll get on board gross. with, Danny. If you are in a situation where, because that's exactly what's happened, it's pushed out the first time home buyer. It's taking people longer to buy their first home because of the the low inventory, the high cost, and stuff like that. What I will tell you is is get over this American version of look. I agree with it, and and Generation X is just as guilty of the baby boomers as putting this unnecessary pressure on young people about moving out of their house, about buying a home early, about all these idiotic things that we had in our head, these timelines. Because look, you don't turn 18. Nobody gives you this magic. You don't turn the day of your 18th birthday and you get this adult knowledge that just appears in your head. It doesn't happen that way. It's life, right? So take advantage of the fact that if you can stay at home a couple of extra years and save up more money, stay at home. If your parents are, are able to help you, let them help you. If you're a parent and you're able to help your kids, help your kids, right? Uh, my point is because that year or two years of saving extra on even rent could right. set you up for lifetime because now you have that down payment for a house. Right. Now you have or, that whatever. Or you go out and buy that Gary VNFT and you sell it in a couple of years or Absolutely. you buy some crypto or whatever you do opportunity right we strap ourselves in when we come to monthly budgets we strap ourselves in so many people spend every dollar they make whether it's because of mentality or whether it's because of low-paying jobs they spend every and it leaves no money for opportunity and if you have no money for opportunity you have no investment future that's correct so i have sworn off things like car payments i haven't sworn them off i'm gonna end up with a lease sooner than later but i'm just saying Mm-hmm. For the longest time in the last how many years, I haven't had a car payment. 
Uh, I've purchased cars for $1,700. I've purchased cars for $500. And I drive them around. They're not fancy. But, well, actually, one of them was kind of fancy. But I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> I had a lift well, the truck. It was pretty cool. But to get back to this story, the fact is, is timing is going to happen. Prices yeah. of products are going to go up. They're going to go down. Prices of real estate is going to go up and go down. That's why timing is so much in investments. If you bought a house in 2015 in Central Texas and yeah. you're selling it in 2021, yeah. okay? Good for you. You made Good a fortune. Good for you. Guess what? You made a small fortune that you shouldn't have. Like, yeah. as far because just timing. Just timing. I had this conversation with a, another guy yesterday, uh, a great guy, but when I told him what he could get by selling his home, which we, we are in two weeks right yeah. now, versus that exact situation he bought in early 2016, the guy yeah. almost cried because it's never the amount of money that this guy thought he would make in his life. Right. Right? Yeah, but now this guy has to go to Florida or something to even find a piece of real estate to buy. He has a unique situation where he doesn't have to buy immediately on the other side. And right. Good for him. My point, yeah. though, is is here's a guy that made a moderate investment in a outside of Austin City that no one would have guessed five years ago would be this was, gonna, was, was going to, to multiply by three. Right. Nobody right. could have guessed that. And not. a moderate house in a moderate neighborhood, it just because it's yeah. just outside in, uh, of Austin, right? And then he's going to turn around and walk away with what is for him life-changing money, right? God bless America, yeah. And that's what I say. So so investments are sometimes about timing. That's why I say take advantage of situations you have to create opportunity for opportunity, and right. that's the only thing you can do. He bought exactly. a house in 2016, so he was ready for the opportunity of selling it now. If you didn't buy a house in 2016 and bought one in 2020, you're in 2020, right? Yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying, right? Is is you have to be ready for when opportunity comes by. You can't let things like increase in lumber affect whether you're ready to take advantage of opportunity or not. Because I think that's what at least those articles we mentioned. Those middlemen that have been strapped for a decade now of low right. cost of lumber because it was plentiful right. are making up their profits now. Yeah. And if you and invested in lumber in 2019 in lumber companies, right, publicly right. traded lumber companies, guess what your, has happened in the last 18 months to your stock cha -ching, prices? Cha-ching, cha-ching, <laughs> cha-ching. Yeah. You see to the moon, fan? baby. To the moon. All right. Well, what I do want to next? tell everyone about one thing. It is called Up Yours Club. That is upyoursclub.com. It is an exclusive club that anyone in our audience is able to join. It's free to join. All you have to do is give us your email address. You can send us a one-time or ongoing tip. It's not tax Can you send a tip, please? He needs it. Please do. Okay. Yeah. He needs the confidence boost. He needs the, you know. Yes, I do. I need a marketing signal that what we're doing here matters to people. Okay, this last story. Um, yeah. Did a did a sorry. Did, did a prepaid wireless provider just solve healthcare? No, no, and you're an idiot for saying that as a headline. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Boost Mobile, which for those of you not in the know, Sprint was acquired by T-Mobile. Boost Mobile was. A Sprint prepaid brand, right? And in order to clear it, clear the acquisition through uh, the various regulators that ruin our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, 
they had to pawn off Boost Mobile. Now, Boost Mobile was acquired by Dish Network. Dish has been acquiring up all sorts of um, Spectrum, and they have legal requirements. When you buy Spectrum, you have to mm-hmm. you have to use it at some point. So they acquired Boost Mobile with the intention of flipping it into a real wireless brand. Now, if you go and buy the $60 a month unlimited plus plan that comes with talk and text and uh, unlimited data, you get... Uh-huh. Are you ready? You get mm-hmm. unlimited telemedicine. Okay. Um, 24-7 telemedicine. Now, this last year has opened up people's minds to what a doctor's appointment can be. People are... Um, have the surge in telehealth, right? Telehealth. It, it, it was already happening, right? Um, not the, Several years ago, I was having doctor's appointments over the internet, and it was just much easier. Doctor gets a license in your state. They sit at their house in California, and they talk to you, get your prescription, whatever. Sure. Um, but I just thought it was really fascinating because T-Mobile and other companies are offering you free Netflix, free Hulu. But Boost Mobile, and I think this is really genius because Boost Mobile's market um, is aimed at people who traditionally don't have access to health care. And now they do. And I know that you're laughing, and now I want you to tell our audience why you're laughing. Because you think the this story is, is one stupid. of those stories that, it, yes, yeah. I think is stupid. Because okay. here's the deal. It, it, two things. And again, this gets into what not only the research that I do for our stories – but yeah. I get down into these things and and look at what real life consequences these stories have. Where Danny is a very surface, he's a very he's a millennial. He's a very headline driven guy. And the headline being, did prepaid wireless carriers just solve healthcare by well, Boost I, Mobile? That, added, that is a I know you created I the headline, okay. and that's part of my point. Is is uh, Boost Mobile adding a nine dollar month? Look, you can go to the the partner they've done is khealth khealth.com you can go to khealth.com regardless of which service provider you have and sign up for this service for nine dollars a month so let's not make it that they're doing this huge thing all right let let me explain something to you the average person and again uh, let me just make this very average customer of boost boost mobile wait is not and let me just you know walk just around it. this it, it's yeah. typically low it's income urban. people it's right? low they're, income it's urban it's low income boost, people. boost mobile let me just put it this way a lot of their ads when they when they launched in the mid 2000s had a lot of rappers and hip hop in it just saying that's you know that's well, what appeals look, to their audience he, here, but this is my issue, and this is when uh, I say I go underneath the issue. Again, Danny doesn't like it when I talk about this because this is the real world, and Danny doesn't like the real world. The fact is, is okay, Boost Mobile, it says part of their $60 unlimited plan, which is not unlimited, by the way. You get 35 gigabytes of data at 4G, and then it drops to 2G, so you're being taken advantage of there. Okay, and you can get unlimited – you can get unlimited data from Verizon for $45 a month, which is $15 cheaper, but they require a credit check. Right. So who's being taken advantage of here? It's not you and me, right? Well. And then they add on this, again, perceived value of telehealth. And let me tell you a little about this telehealth, right? Okay. Tele- telehealth cannot treat diabetes, high no. blood pressure, hypothyroidism, not. cholesterol, yes. Graves' disease, CHPD, ADHD, yeah, right. kidney well, disease, well, anybody course. that has cancer, anybody well, that naturally. has HIV, yeah, animal listen. bites. 
They cannot prescribe controlled substances and they cannot give you birth control. So when you say, does this solve a problem for poor and lower class people? No, in no realm of anybody's idea, does this even fit under the category of what I would call a doctor's office. Now, is it is it cool that if I have a cold and need an antibiotic and I don't want to get out of bed and I have Boost Mobile, which nobody I know does, and no, go, nobody, hey, no, can nobody, I get on a doctor's appointment? Can I get yeah. on a doctor's appointment today and get my antibiotics sent to you know what I mean? Yeah. Prescription for my antibiotics sent to my thing so I don't have to go to the doctor's office. Is right. that cool? Sure. Is it a reason that I'm going to choose Boost Mobile? No. No. But so I. What I found interesting was simply that this is going to introduce telehealth to a group of people who don't necessarily have great access to health care. They're not the going to use it. Those same people don't like doctor's offices, well, right, that's, statistically that's speaking. True. Okay? That's also true. So, so, again, I think this is more of a PR stunt, by the way. A great PR stunt for K Health because up yeah. until to, up until you sent me this story, I had no idea that there no was idea who they were. I yeah. knew there was a telemedicine. And look, doctors' office, these emergency care clinics all around me, even before Pandy, before two twenty, were doing these type of pay us twenty dollars a month, right, and you can come as often as you want and blah blah blah. So they were already they've just added telehealth on top of this now, which is why it's right. nine dollars a month. And again, I'm not against the business model. Make your money. If right. you can find a million people, but this particular partnership is going to end up way better for K Health as far then as an for, advertising for thing, or for Boost, yeah, than for Boost because nobody is signing a cell phone contract. In well, any Boost way. is prepaid, so well, but yeah, nobody's no choosing Boost, yeah, because they're getting access to telehealth. Of course not, but nobody's choosing T-Mobile because they give you free. Uh, Netflix. That was the thing they offered for a while. But if you were, which is why choosing- it's a bigger thing for Netflix. Boost yeah. is, I'm sure, getting a portion of this nine dollars. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's not yeah. a boost. It's not benefiting. I don't think in this scenario, just like you just said, Verizon giving you free Netflix or Disney T-Mobile, Plus. For se- but who it's, cares? It doesn't matter. Any of the right. carriers, they're getting a piece of that pie of ultimately when you don't cancel that. Right. right and and whatever so so it's not it's benefiting them it's not a a value add right i just I think thinking. all i was trying to do was shine a light on sure. a corporation trying to do something good for its customers and here comes the big man going get too much research so truth, truth versus okay so all right one of the rare occasions danny can actually make me out to be the bad guy that's correct sure Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the truthful but wrong side of this conversation. What, what's really that funny is, rare, is so go ahead. The more the more kind and generous person out of the two of us is the big man, obviously. And uh, I just think it's funny that I got to make him out to be a bad person who doesn't care about the poor, <laughs> the poor's as I call them. I just call them the poor's. <laughs> See, and I um, won't do that. So. Uh, so again, we're back to Danny being the worst person. See, okay. that's that's now we've come full circle, Danny. Now we've come Listen, full circle. I I just want to add value here in closing. Do you have anything else to say? God no, God okay. no. Okay. Well, I just want to add some value to our audience today. Did you know that you can send up to a hundred thousand dollars in cash via FedEx and insure it? Use this information as you see fit. <laughs> can you insure it for a hundred? Can you insure a hundred thousand dollars for a million bucks? I don't know if you could do that. 
anyway. I can't speak to the ins and outs of their insurance policy because I am not a FedEx provider. Uh, you're an idiot. That's that's what you are. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily untrue or not. So, we'll see you next time, folks. Well, goodbye.